Welcome to the Elevate the Edge podcast. I'm Maribel Lopez of Lopez Research, and I'm joined with my co-host, Joe Peterson of Clarify 360. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. Elevate the Edge is published bi-weekly. The podcast focuses on helping companies understand what edge computing is, how the market will evolve, and what you need to know to build successful edge computing strategies. Show notes and subscription links can be found at elevatetheedge.com slash episodes. We hope you'll enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. This is Elevate the Edge. I'm Maribel Lopez. And as always, I'm joined here today with my fabulous co-host, Joe Peterson. Hey, Joe. Hey, Maribel. And Joe, for those of you that can't see it, because sadly it's audio only, is wearing yet another pair of rocking glasses. One of these days, I'm just going to take a compilation of all the glasses that Joe has, and I'm going to put them on Twitter and Instagram and everywhere else so that everybody can see how cool these are. I wish I were that cool. Um, But having said that, today, getting back to the topic, we're here to talk about the role of Edge and hybrid cloud deployments, and we're really excited to be joined today by Gordon Huff. Gordon is a technology advocate at Red Hat, and his role at Red Hat, he developed stories that traverse the entire Red Hat portfolio and provide context for technology categories such as cloud computing. Um, His focus is on expanding opportunity, building credibility, and educating, which we could all use more of in the technology landscape right now. So really excited to be here today talking to somebody who is moving through a wide range of channels, public speaking, customer meetings. He writes articles, blogs, papers, podcasts, the whole gamut. Gordon, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Great to be here. Now, there are so many terms that we throw out in the world. (laughs) And most of the time you go into a sales meeting or a customer advisory or something and you know, we throw, particularly as an industry analyst, we throw out this term, like it's hybrid cloud, it's edge computing. So, you know, one statement that people make sometimes is that hybrid cloud provides the foundation for edge computing. And I thought maybe we could start with just talking a little bit about is edge part of the cloud is, you know, you know, how are hybrid cloud and edge computing related, or even anything definitional that you want to start with there just to kind of frame what's going on in the landscape. Yeah, you know, I used to be an industry analyst, but I probably will get thrown out of the industry analyst club for not really wanting to uh, to have an angels dancing in the head of pin sort of philosophical debate about exactly what hybrid is, exactly what edge is, but what. What I think is interesting, though, is I joined Red Hat about 13 years ago. Our chairman, former CEO Paul Cormier, brought me in when we were starting to do some of the early open hybrid cloud sort of marketing and messaging type of work. And what I find really interesting is there was a real debate in the industry back then about uh, is everything just going to be in the public cloud? You know, certainly Werner Bogle's Amazon would have said, yeah, well, of course, you know, things don't happen overnight in this industry, but it's obvious that a private company can't 
operate their own computers. It's not like most private companies operate their own power plants, for example. Now, of course, one of the funny things here is that, you know, 13 plus years on, well, there's actually a lot of companies and individuals who are generating their own power uh, with, you know, primarily solar panels, but also wind power. But my, my point is, is that I think there was this sort of view in some circles that cloud was going to be just about this compute utility. And we at Red Hat did not believe that, do not believe that. And I think one of the things that's really interesting about Edge is that in a way, I think it provides sort of the philosophical and practical underpinnings for why you're not going to go all cloud in all public cloud in the vast majority of circumstances. So I think I can let's look in hybrid as computing takes place in different places on different types of physical footprints uh, for a lot of different and heterogeneous purposes. And there's going to be, have to be some amount of interoperability and intercommunication between those different parts. And Edge is really one slice of those different parts that's out closer to where users are or out closer to where data is being collected. I like where you're going with it because really it's about processing the data in the right place. And sometimes uh, you, you and I were just joking about the the whole industry analyst thing, but you know we're supposed to put things in boxes. We're supposed to create boxes and create architectures and frameworks. And it's a bit like that old matrix analogy with Neo, like there is no spoon, right? So <laughs> there is no one way of doing things. And I, I think that both hybrid and edge are really good recognitions of how we're trying to map a technology solution to the problem, as opposed to the other way around where, you know, you have a hammer and everything is a nail. Right, right. Yeah. And, I, and I, the other thing I like about kind of the hybrid term and, you know, I have to sometimes have fought against some of my other marketing brethren, you know, oh, well, it's going to be seamless interoperability everywhere with a seamless single pane of glass controlling everything. No, it's not going to be like that. Uh, Things are never that neat. Things are never that simple. But let's recognize that we don't want to have 50 silos of things either. And we, we do want edge systems public cloud systems, private cloud systems, um, and all other kinds of systems to probably work together in useful ways, even if it's not perfect and seamless and you know, singing angels and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, we all want singing angels, Gordon, but in absence of singing angels. I'm wondering, based on what you just said, is it fair to hypothesize that um, if we're looking at a hybrid cloud strategy using open standards, that that gives us a path to a full ecosystem of applications and services wherever you choose to run the software? Sure. Yeah. I mean, and even without being seamless interoperability, seamless management control, I think there definitely is this idea of you want some degree of consistency. Like, for instance, we're starting to see a fair bit of interest 
with Kubernetes operating on the edge. And someone might go, wait, isn't that a big data center clustering thing? And yes, it can be a big data center clustering thing. But, you know, guess what? Do you want a completely different footprint out on your edge? So, for example, we've been doing some projects where how can we get a Kubernetes distribution that is smaller for different types of egg use cases. And actually, it turns out it's even more complicated than that because, well, what are your requirements? You know, do you want it to be as small as possible? Do you want to be able to tolerate a network outage? Do you, you know, do you want to have centralized control or not? So, in fact, it's not even just case of let's just make a skinny Kubernetes and throw out a bunch of components. Rather, how can we make a Kubernetes distribution that is right for different types of edge use cases? Because it's not going to be one size fits all. See, you just made me hungry, Gordon. <laughs> you're saying, Joe, why did you make me? What, what are you talking about? Waffle fries. That's what I'm talking about, Gordon. I'm talking about our friends at Chick-fil-A and their Kubernetes deployment and how those geniuses and waffle fry makers have figured out customer demand for waffle fries using Kubernetes at the edge. Wonderful use case. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot. There are a lot of use cases out there. And you know, companies are just sort of saying, saying that, you know, we don't want to have something that is totally different out in the edge from what we have in our data center. The other thing is a lot of edge use cases are not really that lightweight any longer. So one thing we're seeing a lot of, for example, is machine learning models being trained back to the data center, but then you might want to um, run them uh, and collect data and make inferences on, you know, let's say a reconnaissance aircraft, for example. And that's actually a fairly heavyweight application, not as heavyweight as what's running back in the data center, but you still need, uh, you know, something that's maybe more than, you know, your, your Raspberry Pi type of edge device. You know, it's actually interesting where you're going with that, too, because we, we've we gone through several iterations of the edge. We've had the edge, as you mentioned, be something really very skinny. And now, you know, a lot of times when I talk to people about the edge, I see the opportunity for them to distribute some high-performance computing closer to where they might want to do real-time decisioning around a customer action. I was talking to a quick serve restaurant the other day about this, and they were saying, hey, we want to have edge servers running AI at the restaurants, you know, trying to figure out different things like uh, traffic patterns, how they might want to do specialized customizations, how they don't get a spinning wheel of death when they're trying to do uh, maybe voice enabled ordering uh, where, you know, the order is automatically being captured by voice, but the person that is theoretically supposed instead of typing in the order is actually engaging with you more and just kind of changing the experience. And all these are things that, I don't think we would have really considered possible when we just had a Raspberry Pi style implementation of edge computing. So uh, I don't know if I want to call it big edge, little edge. I, I don't know where, where I want to go with that, but there's there's definitely gradations of edge. 
Right. Yeah. And I mean, certainly one of the edges that we talked about is kind of a pure enterprise edge, like in your various restaurant examples, I think, is that we used to call a lot of this stuff like remote office, branch office. And at some level, we're, we rebranded it to enterprise edge today. But then at another level, it's quite a bit different because Back when you had a rack of blade servers in the back of a Home Depot, you know, those were sort of transactional systems. You know, they, they didn't want their cash registers to uh, go out if they lost the network connection back to headquarters. And that kind of stuff's been there forever. But as you say, one of the changes that's happening, though, is that there's a lot more we can do with data. And yes, there will be some disappointments along, um, kind of along the way, so to speak, because I think, uh, I think probably all of us have been through, you know, various phases of data warehousing or whatever you want to call it, where, okay, we have all this data and it's going to do magic stuff for us. Well, we actually know the store manager actually knows they need to order snow shovels before a snowstorm. You know, he doesn't need a computer reminding him to do that necessarily. That's really well, we hope not. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned Paul Cormer uh, earlier, and he's Red Hat's chairman. And I read this great quote from him. Um, and he said, in a sense, edge computing is a summation of the other four footprints, blending pieces from each to create infrastructure aimed at tackling specific customer demands that traditional IT models cannot address. What would you add there? Well, I think that's just highlighting that IT, and for that matter, operational technology, because I've just been spending some time on uh, uh, with some portfolio architectures around uh, SCADA modernization and that kind of thing. And one of the things that you're seeing there is that the physical world and the virtual one are blending together. So if you look at uh, energy companies, for example, uh, traditionally the information technology and the operational technology parts have been very separate. And in fact, the people responsible for managing them often didn't really talk to each other very much. And what you're seeing is you're getting away from these, this sort of custom hardware, proprietary software, um, specialized types of devices is much more of a blending together of those two worlds. That's super fair. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's- I, I, yeah, I agree with that. You know, we're. Uh, I, I think we've talked about how everyone is categorizing edge differently as the lens that they look through, and um, Red Hat's lens for edge seems to break into a couple of focus areas. There's the enterprise edge, the operations edge, and the provider edge. When you define them that way, can you help us think about what each of these mean and what do you mean by, say, the the operations edge or the provider edge? Yeah. Well, so, so the enterprise edge is what I was just kind of talking about in you know, sort of the remote office, branch office type 
type of environment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and this is probably the most traditional, if you would, because this would traditionally maybe been a rack of blade servers sitting in the back of the store, you know, of a, a retail store without necessarily much in the way of local IT support for it. So that's sort of the enterprise edge. The operations edge would be more like the uh, SCADA systems I was just talking about, where it would be the systems in a fa- in a factory, for example. So you, you'd have corporate data, corporate data there, or you know, cloud, and then you have systems that are running in you know, oil refinery and a factory floor, uh, you know, collecting data, possibly taking action, you know, you know, real-time action based on, oh, you know, something's about to fail, we'd maybe better shut it down. Uh, and then the, um, and, and then I kind of break out telecommunications or we kind of break out telecommunications because Frankly, telecommunications is a somewhat different world. So the t- telecoms providers, the telcos, are doing a lot of sort of specific telco-like things uh, out at the edge. So like one of the things that we're seeing is, again, a lot of things used to be kind of proprietary and specialized and increasingly you were seeing things being software defined. And this kind of started out with virtualization and it's kind of moved on to more of a container-based um, kind of building of software out in the edge. And, and there's other things we could add, you know, we could add in there. I mean, there's other automotive has their own kind of specialized sorts of systems. Uh, which are becoming more sophisticated. You know, there, there's you know there's aircraft with all kinds of knowledge built in. Uh, so you could probably even add some things to that. And again, if I my analyst cap on, I could probably put like twenty five things together in my special taxonomy. But but basically, there are a number of different forms the edge takes. That's great. Well, you know, it's prediction time here, Gordon. Are you thinking that 2023 is going to finally be the year where we move away from research, proof of concept, pilot projects to full-scale deployments at the edge? And if you do, tell us tell us about something exciting that you see happening in the space. Well, I, I think we've seen large-scale deployments uh, at the edge, um, not said, mentioned, I'm working on these portfolio architectures, which is sort of a methodology that we have for demonstrate, basically document demonstrated customer deployments. And every customer is going to be different, but you know, well, how you know, do you want to modernize your SCADA systems in a factory? Well. You're going to have, have your own specific stuff you need to do and happy to help with that, but it's probably not going to be the same as what someone else had. But, you know, you could do worse than look at this document and see what several other companies have done, at least at a high level. So it's a pretty good point to get started. So we, we have a lot of those and, uh, 
you know, we're already seeing a lot of deployments uh, in the telco space, absolutely, but also remote office, uh, branch office, and in factory floor automation and modernization. So uh, I it's it's kind of well in its way. I mean, there's still you know always lots more to do, but I think we're in a pretty good place. We've seen so much change, so I agree that we're directionally we're going in the right place. There's still a lot to uh, a lot to sort out, but you know we've come to that point in the podcast what we call the fun fact. So, <laughs> Gordon, is there a fun fact that you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah, I, yeah, I was thinking about this before the show, and this this is one I like. The top of Mount Everest is not the furthest point from the center of the Earth. Huh. Okay. All right. The top of Mount Chimborazo in Ecuador is because the Earth is, uh, I think, an oblique spheroid or something like that. Anyway, it's fatter in the middle than it is on uh, the end. So, uh, because of its. You know, I think we're all hard. <laughs> it spins around. And uh, yeah, so that's it. Top Mount Chimborazo is actually the mountain peak that is the furthest from the center of the earth so if i ever get healthy and decide that i want to go like climbing various mountains in my ample free time i will definitely make my way to ecuador just so i can say that i've been at that distance <laughs> thank <laughs> there you actually, so, so there much yeah, there's some nice volcanoes in uh, in ecuador i have not been to the top of mount chimborazo but i have been to the top of a couple others well, first, I have to learn how to spell that. So there's that. But that's what the <laughs> Internet's for. Um, excellent. Thanks once again for your time and attention, Gordon, for sharing some insights on where we are with the edge and elevating it. We look forward to seeing what you do next. Okay. Thank you, Gordon. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe so you can easily find us again. Follow us on Twitter at Maribel Lopez and at Digital Cloud Gal and on LinkedIn. Links to our social profiles, show notes, and ways to listen to the podcast can be found at elevatetheedge.com.